And you're very welcome to Season 2, Episode 21 of LOI Weekly with Johnny Ward. Still no Daniel McDonald, he's uh, over in Russia, but we have three people in the studio uh, here today, Shane Keegan and Sam Verdon, and uh, very welcome along, gents. Thank you, Johnny. How's it going, Johnny? Sam, you got the day off from your father? Bit yeah. of, bit nice bit of work to get on the old podcast. I wish yeah. I got the day off. I was in until two and then he, he let me go. So, What's the nature days. of your work? Yeah, it's printing. We have, he has a printing business in um, over near UCD in Klonski. So, yeah, that's me, nine to five during the week. Mm. Is, it, uh, is it hard to have a job if you're kind of trying to be a part-time footballer as well? Yeah, it is. Now, I'm luckily, I work for my dad, so he, he's great with it. Um, lets me off for training, match days and stuff like that. But I do know... Um, other lads on the team have struggled to get jobs with the commitment in League of Ireland football. So yeah, it is tough, but luckily, like I said, I'm with my dad and he's, he's understanding and supports me well, so it's great. Mm. How did you find that, Shane, with trying to get lads um, flexible around their job and that? Yeah, it's a major problem, all right. Um, when I arrived in, the lads have been training in the morning um, and we looked at whether we'd go mornings or afternoons and obviously this year then again, we looked at whether we'd go mornings or afternoons and... While it's suited, definitely suits better to go in the mornings, you're kind of uh, tying one hand behind your back in terms of who you can recruit and who you can't recruit. There would have been quite a few players that I would have spoken to that I ended up not being able to get because they had 9-to-5s. Um, those who did have 9-to-5s who were playing for us this year, kind of they were all quite lucky in terms, similar to Sam's story, they were all quite lucky in terms of, of, of the people they were employed by. You had Mark Ludden, was is employed by Titan, who were one of the club's major sponsors, um, so they were willing to work with him. Um, Alan Murphy got, yeah, thankfully had, had a very good relationship with the school they managed to, to, to accommodate him Stephen Walsh I think was working for his partner's father or something like that again you, you need yeah. you can't just have a normal work situation really or one just, thing I will never do is work for the in-laws anyway, I, have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think rescue for disaster yeah we have an awful lot to get through today we're on Podcast Republic Stitcher SoundCloud iTunes and at LOI Weekly on Twitter don't be afraid to give us reviews uh, on iTunes and um we're going to have a little chat with Georgie Kelly over the phone as well, who's one of high-profile signings uh, to happen this week. Now, obviously, we're in the middle of the start of the sort of transfer window. Um, at the moment, a lot has happened. It's now Wednesday around 2 o'clock, so by the time you listen to this, more will have happened. Uh, and then we can just get through all the results. And obviously, it's, it's a bit of a First Division team show as well. Shane, uh, obviously, was the manager of Goy Knight until recently and has a good line to how the season has gone, the First Division. And Sam is third top scorer in the first division behind the aforementioned Georgie Kelly and um, Dave O'Sullivan at Shells. Uh, but I suppose if we start, lads, Shane, to start with you to kind of uh, explain, I suppose, what life's been like since um, you left Go United. How has it been trying to adjust? You've had the World Cup on and, you know... Um, yeah, I was kind of joking with a few friends saying I have... I don't think I've ever been unemployed since I came out of secondary school, so to time it for a, a heat wave and a World Cup wasn't bad. Uh, bad timing in that sense, so it wasn't. But um, yeah, very very different. I didn't mind the first week because everybody was off, um, so you would have been off anyway. But yeah, when the when the boys went back to training the following Monday morning, that's when you're kind of everything starts to feel a little bit surreal and what should I be doing and what would I be doing now if like, I was uh, still there and wasn't like the office where you, David Brainy just showed up in the office anyway after <laughs> being kind of like oh I was tempted with your with your dog you know but uh, yeah, it must tempted. be hard though like it must be you know yeah it is it takes a bit of adjusting all right so it does um probably use it a fair bit for a bit of catch-up time with with my own small fella that's for sure um certainly this week our, our regular childminder is on holidays for the weekend and, and roisin is working so myself and connor have been 24 7 for the last few days we nearly have each other strangled at this stage so we do so um, the regular childminder another casualty of the the job being lost uh, no, 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 no. She she's just off sunning herself, so she right. is at the moment. That's all. So, um, yeah, it is. It's a bit different, as I say. It's, it's. I mean, I'm six and a half years, um, consecutively a League of Ireland manager. It was only, only Bucko was is was the only one ahead of me. Um, so he was in terms of consecutively managing in the league. Um, so it's a big change for it to be a massive, massive part of your life. And I mean, even before that. The two previous seasons before I went to Wexford was the, the old League of Ireland Day Championship. I was over FC Carlo in that for two years. So essentially nine and a half years um, in, in League of Ireland management consecutively. So it's it's or eight and a half years. So it's it's a, it's a big change to be out of it. And it's going to take a bit of a, a adjustment for the next couple of weeks. But as I said, the timing of it is good with the weather and the, and the World Cup and all that kind of crack. That's for sure. Yeah, Pat Bullen said when he got um, his, his pancreatic... Um cancer diagnosis that he, he really started to understand that he'd actually kind of just 
half abandoned family life for just the drive to be a good jockey and it's kind of like now you're you actually sit back and you go you do miss out on a lot and football is probably like that as well yeah well i I definitely say to be honest with you and i you know i don't know whether this will hold me back in terms of of future job prospects i I just wouldn't allow myself to do what you've said pat smolin did I, i just you know Kind of putting family life firmly second place to 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 focus one hundred percent on football. It's 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 never going to be me. Um, I think there's a, a proper balance that can be struck. And while I was putting a massive massive amount of time into Galway and Ireland and Wexford Youths previous to that, I was still making sure that 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 family time was there. To be honest with you, it probably came on the back of a hard learned lesson. The, the year Connor was born, um, we won the league with Wexford Youths, and I mean while at the end of that season while. Supporters are going mental celebrating, players are going mental celebrating, Mick Wallace has gone mental celebrating. Like I, I, I literally just turned around and, and took him off my wife and kind of had a little private chat with a, a, an eight-month-old who couldn't understand me to say that uh, you just, I'd, I'd hardly seen him, Johnny. Like mm. I'd, literally, I'd gone eight months, he was eight months old and I hadn't seen him. So I hadn't because I still had a full-time job at the time. I was living in Leash, driving an hour up to work in Nace, working a nine-to-five, finishing in Nace at five, half-five, down to Wexford, two and a half hours down in Wexford, back into the car, back up to Leash. That was three to four days a week, so it was. So I kind of promised myself after that year that I wasn't going to allow that situation to, to occur again, you know. What's your it, kind of week-to-week like, Sam? Is it as busy as that? Well, yeah. it's We train usually three times a week. and um, You're in league slip, is it? Or we train in league slip, league yeah. Slip, so yeah. It's, it's not too bad for the... Most of the team is Dublin lads. Now we have two lads that, on the squad that are from Longford, Tristan and A. So they travel down to League Slip. Um, yeah, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm in work. Um, we train usually. It depends, like, the games are kind of a bit all over the place lately, but the usual week would be training Monday, training Tuesday, training Thursday. So, yeah, it is. It's difficult. It's a busy week. Um, League of Ireland, obviously, you know you're going to miss out on a lot of things. I personally have missed out on family parties um, I actually said a prayer before the start of the season that my uncle's getting married in two weeks time and he's getting married on Saturday two weeks and I said a prayer that we wouldn't have a home game on that weekend so luckily enough we don't um, so I'll be able to get to that now but yeah no it's, it's difficult it's it's really busy um, Would you miss the wedding? Otherwise would you just have to play? Well he asked me to be groomsman so Shane that would have been anyway. that would have been yeah. a really difficult situation the FEI <laughs> could have made fixture changes anyway. I'm sure they would have. I'm sure they would have. Um, what's your career been like so far? I suppose you know you've you would have been a very promising player at Pats, and now you've I suppose with with regard to getting regular football under Neil Finn, you've had a great season at Longford. Yeah, I think I went in, played full time football from when I was 18 straight out of school into Pats, and looking back on it now, it's brilliant. I I learned so much. I was with top class players. Those are the days when Keith Fatty was there, Killian Brennan, James Chambers, Chris Forrester, Mark Quigley, all these lads who you could learn off and they were really, really good. But I think then towards kind of maybe I was there three full years and it kind of gone a bit stale for me. Why um, Why did it not work out in the end, do you think? I don't know. I think it's it's easy to look back and say blame reasons, but maybe it just went a bit stale. And I think it was, I'd probably, uh, my form had probably dipped. I'd probably wasn't playing every week. Obviously, and you'd probably I've probably fell out of love a bit with it a bit. Um, At a young age. Yeah, and it was it was getting difficult, um, and I knew I knew deep down for a while that I needed to go out and play games, and then last summer obviously we started off the season last season and we were struggling, and I think Liam just wanted to bring in a bit more experience. We were very young last year, and I just went to him and said, "Look, I think it's time for me," and I think he agreed. And in fairness to him, he, he let me go, let us go our separate ways, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's worked out for the best. I, I, like I said, I knew for maybe 18 months to a year that I needed to get out, but it was just fine in that time. And yeah, Neil took me on board down along for and I haven't really looked back since. What did Neil know of you as a player? Probably very little, to be honest. Um, he, Darius, Neil would be good friends with Darius. Um, so I think he had kind of spoken Darius to him. Turns, a, yeah, yeah. So I think he kind of spoken to him a bit and... Um, I had left Pats on the Saturday and my family were actually going away for two weeks and I was thinking of going away f- with them for a couple of days just to clear the head and just see what happens. And Neil rang me on the Sunday and said, look, do you want to just come up and train? There was no deal struck or anything. And then I went up training Monday and I really enjoyed it. And I, th- I thought to myself, yeah, actually, this is what I want. I want to go here. And 
yeah, like I said, I haven't looked back since really. Uh, it's obviously the biggest, I suppose, the, one of the most profound heat waves we've ever had in Ireland. But Shane, you and I were in Longford and cold first day of the season, and it was one of the coldest experiences I've ever had at a football game. Absolutely Baltic. But Sam Burden, uh, I suppose, said, oh, he saw that night, played very well. And I think the two of us agreed Longford were going to definitely be challengers to Galway United this season. They were challengers, if not to go United. <laughs> but um, he's a player you've obviously admired yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I suppose I've, I've made two attempts to get Sam, to be honest with you. First time round, he was he was at Pats and uh, I rang Liam up and asked Liam, was there any chance that we could we could potentially get him out on, on loan? Um, I would have been following the underage side of, of, of football an awful lot and he was he was probably in his, his final year 19 so he was probably near enough the best under 19 League of Ireland player in, in the country um, would have known a bit more of him as well through uh, Jamie who was obviously coaching at, at, at Belvon that and Jamie Moore yeah yeah. and um, believe it or not I have a younger much younger brother um, who's only 14, 15 at the moment he was actually playing in the DDSL for Belvo, um, and Sam jumped in as a coach on that Belvo team for a short time. I'm not even sure if he knew that himself, but the goalkeeper was a, uh, the goalkeeper in the team that Sam was helping out was was a uh, was my younger brother, so he was. So uh, I'd seen a good bit of him around, and um, yeah, Liam wasn't up for it the first. You know, when I went asking, he, he he said he was going to feature, and he wasn't looking at loaning him out and that kind of stuff. So uh, I missed out on him that time. Second time round. I don't know what, what Sam's thoughts on it are. We, we met and we had a chat and the whole lot, so we did. And I, I'm still kind of kicking myself that I didn't push harder and this harder. This is in the off-season. Yeah, yeah, in the off-season. Not this off-season. Previous no, one. it's previous, previous one. one yeah. last so, year, January of last year. So but we were Premier Division at the time going out then? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. I apologize. That's right. And uh, sure, look, you're talking to an awful lot of players and... and Look, I don't know if I'd ever managed to have got him, to be honest, but I'm, I'm certainly kicking myself that I didn't go absolutely all out to try and get him. We met, we had a chat and that, but I, I don't know if I really, really pushed him hard enough to sign for me, and I'm certainly regretting that since, that's for sure, yeah. Yeah, Sam, how's it been at Longford then? You, what a win on, on a Friday night, you know, to beat UCD. Um, I, was on a, I, was a, I was kind of on a three-day sort of, like, um, party for the weekend, and yeah. I, I, forgot that, <laughs> I, I forgot that Argentina had, beaten, had been beaten by France, but I thought you won 3-1, and I only realised yeah. a few days later that it was 5-1. Yeah. That was an unbelievable result. And if you're UCD and you've lost Georgie Kelly, uh, you're like, this, this league is far from over now. Oh Yeah, well, we always felt that from, even when, I think, at one stage, we were 11 points behind them. And, but we always felt that we stayed in touch with them. We could we could claw it back because obviously we had to play them twice, um, but yeah, Friday was brilliant, great win. Um, we really needed it because obviously they were pulling away from us and um, yeah, five one. I suppose it probably probably wasn't a five one game. In fairness, I think we scored three goals in the last ten minutes, but um, yeah, all credit to us, especially coming back after the break. We'd built up a bit of momentum before it, and we really didn't want to let that slip. So yeah, it was a great win. Now, you're playing an interesting system at Longford at the moment. You're kind of up top, sort of on your own, are you, with a, a lot of offensive talent behind you? Yeah, like, um, I suppose I am naturally a midfielder, but in the last couple of weeks I've played up front. Um, I, I played a bit there under 19, so it's not completely foreign to me. But, yeah, um, I'm up top alone. Um, Dylan, on the, Dylan McGlade on the left, who's also been in great form. Um, we have a solid midfield then, and um, Carl Chambers on the right, so... We look dangerous going forward, but the main thing I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, um, compared to the start of the season, we look a lot more solid defensively, which we always felt we're, we're one of the best footballing teams, one of the best teams going forward, but it was just being solid. And that's not just picking out the defence, that's right from the striker down that we needed to, to improve on, I think, in the last five, six weeks we have. Yeah, and what's Neil Finn been like to work under? Yeah, he's been great. Um Obviously, he's playing me, so yeah. that's a, that's always a good thing. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's really good. He likes to, he, I like his style of play. He's um, he's a good man manager. So yeah, it's, it's been really good. Training's good. We've got a great group. In fairness, it's it's one of the best dressing rooms I've ever been in. Everyone's gets on very well, and um, yeah, no, it's really good. Were you surprised at Galway United struggles this season? Um, would have been, I suppose, favourites for the to win the league at the start. Yeah, well, I suppose I wouldn't say. They've actually struggled. They're not. They're not out of it yet. Like I was saying to you, um, I still think the playoffs, and you never know what could happen. But um, they're not out of it yet. Um, they're a really good squad. Obviously, Shane built that squad. It's it's a really competitive squad. But for one reason or another, they've haven't really been consistent. But um, no, I wouldn't write them off yet. They've, like I said, they're a really good team. Um, and 
yeah, I'm sure sure they'll still be there. What happened in Galway, Shane? Where does it all go wrong? <laughs> where does it, where do you start? Um, and Alan Murphy has now gone in as well, a player you signed in the off season. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to Murphy in a minute, but um, I suppose to be honest with you, if I'm looking at it, I'm probably scratching my head on last season a little bit more than this season. Um, last year was. I know it's a strange thing to say in a, in a team that got relegated, but it was an absolutely fantastic dressing room to be in. It really, really was. Um, and you had Ronan Murray, Gavin Houlihan, uh, Lee yeah. Grace, Stephen Folan. We, we had some players who uh, had outstanding seasons. Now, you can look at that two ways. You can look at it and say, well, with that amount of talent in the dressing room, how did you manage to go down? Or you can look at it and say, well, there aren't too many of those players who are playing at that level again this year. Now, in some cases, it's a lack of opportunity. But, um, you know, my argument would be that, that I, I got an awful, awful lot out of, out, out of a lot of those players, so I did. Um, look, the league table at the end of the season doesn't lie, but you have to say it's an outlier for a team to have had the seventh best goal difference in a division and end up 10th. Um, you know, and, and we, we didn't hammer anybody. So that's, you know, there's not that there's one or two scorelines in there. To, a lot of draws. That, that, that true, a lot of draws definitely killed us, particularly early in the season. Um, so it did and we found ourselves chasing our tail I mean you go right back to the very first game of the season a, a defeat against Rod in a game that we absolutely le- demolished them in really I suppose if, if, if you're honest um, and then over the course of the season when we eventually did kind of hit fifth gear like we went in a fantastic run for the last third of the season I'd say and yet the, the teams around us just kept picking off a result in one in every two just to keep themselves ahead of us and uh, it was absolutely devastating going down it really really was it was absolutely devastating going down because you were putting so much into it. You had a group of players who you felt were well and truly giving you everything back, giving you everything. Not back. only that, but most of them would probably have stayed on. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's pretty, as opposed to none of them really. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty sure. All right, I think most fellas because of the the vibe that was in that dressing room and because lads were getting on so well with each other, and we were also not just playing very well and picking up results for that whole last kind of third of the season. But I mean. <laughs> We were playing really, really good football as well, so we were. Um, and I think always the coolest place in the world as well. Yeah, it's certainly a nice spot to live in. Don't mm. don't remind me. I had to pack up the bags and leave the house there on Saturday. That was uh, that was tough as well. But no, it is, it is, it is, it, it is a great place to live. There's absolutely no doubt about it. From a couple of perspectives, I suppose, from the location, the kind of the friendliness around the place, um, some of the people involved directly in Galway United, you'll you'd do well to meet meet as, as good a people in any other clubs so it has an awful lot going for us you're probably well positioned more so than most to know that the drawbacks that are there as well um but i mean moving on to this year look the simple fact is i i probably yes we were always going to lose all those players when we went down but i, I didn't manage to quite um get the blend right this year i'd say in terms of positions quality temperament all of that kind of thing um will alan murphy get that right I would say he's probably looking at things and haven't been in there. I think he probably realises that there needs to be a few changes, all right? Um, no more than I would have done myself. And I suppose that was the only... You know, we were... we were Okay, league position on the table, absolutely not good enough. So if you judge him purely on that, you could say they were right to get rid of me. Five points, if you're third and five points behind second, do you get the bullet? I'm not so sure. We were five points behind second. Um, at the time of, of my mm. departure um, I don't think that was a massive mountain to climb you say that we spoke about Longford at the start of the season and would we be competing with Longford we were there were three points ahead of us um, so that was and I suppose the biggest argument I'd make on it was the timing of it was frustrating in that I knew that we didn't have the right blend within the dressing room you're now a week away from the transfer window and being able to make the changes that you feel you need to make to allow yourself to kick on and reclaim the ground that you've you've dropped over that first period of time. Um, I guess you put them players together though. Exactly. Yeah. Exa- and that's it. That's mm. that's why it, it's a, no matter what if 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 players aren't performing there's it, it comes back to the manager in two ways. One, it's up to you to get them to perform, and two, you're the one who signed those players. So it, it essentially it always comes back to the manager. There's no way of getting around that. Yeah. It, it absolutely always comes back yeah. to the manager. I'll put it to you, Sam. If one of your teammates took over, having been in the team on Friday, would say he takes over on the Monday. How how do you react as a player to that? Which is what the Galway United players have to do to Alan Murphy now. I think they've just be professional about it, but I do think it would be quite strange, like having one of the lads, then all of a sudden having a go with you, you know what I mean, in, in, in a manager type of way, obviously players can have a go with each other, but as a manager it's different, so I think probably for Alan Murphy it's going to be important for him to find that balance between, 
I'm after being playing with you last week to now being their manager. So that's important. But yeah, I'm sure he's experienced enough and um, I'm sure he'll cope fine. But like I said, they're not over. Galway really aren't over. It's been a mad division really this year. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like There's 12 points between the top six. Um, Galway six points behind us and fourth. So that's 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 easily... They can make that up quite easily. And um, what have you got there? Finn Harps 31 up to a second, draw to 34. So it is really tight. Um, all all those top six will beat each other. Um, even Kevin Teeley, I wouldn't probably rule them they're out. They're not entirely over. No, they're actually, not. Yeah. And um, they turned us over a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, going there is, is, is a difficult game. And the likes of Cove, they'll pick up points as well. So um, it's all to play for, like I said, between the top six, maybe even seven. But um, for Galway's perspective, it's just finding that consistency now and putting putting results together because we are running out of games. And a couple of other kind of signings as well. Obviously, Morehouse has signed for Shells. And just Georgie Kelly, how good is he? I, I don't think I've ever seen him play. I've heard a lot about him. Um, is he going to... Is he Premier Division standard in your eyes? Yeah, he's excellent. He's really, really, really good. I think Friday was the third time I played against him and each time he's really, really impressed me. He's big lad, obviously. He can hold it up, can go in behind, can finish. His first touch, very good. Um, yeah, he's, he looks a really good prospect and... Um, it's no surprise really that Dundalk have signed him. It's a whopper of a blow though for UCD at this stage of the season when you know you come out of the break, you lose your best player, maybe your second best player, and then you lose 5-1 at home to Longford. And now I think they're playing shells at the weekend. Yeah, they're going to have to bounce back very, very quickly. Um, he is a very, very good player, that's for sure. He's a real, real handful. He uh, he takes most boxes. Um, look, he's going to have a tough job trying to break into that Dundalk all-star team, that's for sure, so he is, but you look at the length of contracts he's been given and everything, um, he, he couldn't say no to that, I mean, you just couldn't say no to that, and then opportunities with European football coming up as well, um, it was a no-brainer for him, I suppose, but the challenge for Collie, look, I was talking to Collie, you know, a good few weeks ago, and when they came up to our place, and you know, he, he knew this was pretty much a, a done deal and that this was going to happen. And I suppose he would have said himself the challenge is to try and make sure potentially that he's the only one that, that they lose out. Gary O'Neill, obviously. You know. Look, they've, they've, they've got <laughs> quite a few fantastic players who I would think are... Uh, who do you like in that team? Yeah, Gary. Look, I know Gary uh, since way back since he played Kendi Cup, I suppose. And he's, he's, a, he's a real... Luka Modric, you know, he just keeps the ball tipping over. Doesn't have never loses issues, it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> he's in the back of his head. He's he's a super super player, and I, I think he'd easily be a top half of the Premier Division player. So I do, and uh, I think you know, along with probably Sam and and, and Dylan at at Longford, I think uh, Darrell Connor has probably been the most one of the most exciting young players in the division he's he's excellent every time he gets the ball it looks like something is, is going to happen with him and uh but i think on, on on the plus side i think gary i think might be finished college whereas i think dara is still still a, a ucd student for a couple of years to come and she, look that's the problem they have every time you know once once boys are finished in in college up there it's a it's a bit of a struggle as to how they're going to mm. keep them on board you know actually um Sam, we're very encouraged by the two Longford lads you mentioned, a eh, and uh, F- Philip Newcoffin, is it? Tristan, Tristan, Tristan rather, and um, because I had I hadn't seen a Dervin playing, but people were raving about him in Galway, and uh, just Neil Fenn seems to have. Not only the crowds are kind of back in Longford, but he's brought in a few local players, which I think was badly missing, maybe. And is a, a looks like a prospect by all accounts. Yeah, he's he's been brilliant for us since I think, um, I think he came in. Quite late during the season, I think he came in six or seven games in. I think it was only his first start, so I think he played against you, Galway down in in you know Park, and he was excellent. Um, I think he's just actually recently signed a new deal there, year and a half. I think he signed that yesterday, so um, he's That's been really news, good. Yeah. yeah, it is. So um, he's been really good for us, Tristan as well, left back. He's been really good as well. So it is great. Um, the long for people were crying out for a couple of homegrown players, and in fairness to Neil. I see it on Twitter all the time. He's down down there in the local community helping out. So he really is pushing it. And I think you can see this season we've had an increase in attendances, which is great. So It's a small um, place, Longford. Like, yeah, no, it Longford's is. a very small town. So yeah. people, if Longford are getting five or 600 at their games, yeah. relative to the population, they're actually doing very well. Yeah, they it's are. It's a yeah. town of about 8,000 people. Yeah, no, it is. It, it, we are doing well. Um, it's a great... One thing I've found since I've been at Longford is it's a really, really good club. Um Never no any issues. Like, no, it, when you look at the clubs, you could have. No, you know, it's they're a realistic club. Never any issues like that. 
Um, and the people down there are really good. You see the same faces week in, week out. And win, lose or draw, they'll be there. And um, yeah, so it, it's a great club to play for. And like I said, um, the more homegrown players we can get through will benefit us and benefit the town. And hopefully more supporters will keep coming along. Absolutely. Um, and uh, speaking of Georgie Kelly, we're actually now uh, joined on the line by Georgie. Georgie, uh, first of all, congrats on your news. Cheers, Tony. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, this has been a move that I suppose has been uh, maybe on the cards for a while, but are you kind of, I suppose, relieved to get it over the line now and just kick on with Dundalk? Um, yeah, when you say it's been on the cards for a while, that's, there's been a lot of speculation, but that's, that was just kind of, I think that was nothing exactly, nothing but speculation. It was mm. only recently that it was kind of done and confirmed. Um, but yeah, I'm delighted. I'm delighted to get it, to get it done and get the move sealed. Um, Really looking forward now to the next next couple of weeks. And in fairness, speculation or no speculation, your top score in the first division. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that might be something you'll struggle to hold on to now. Uh, Shane, is he any chance of beating David so. O'Sullivan and the boy Verdon over here who's catching up a bit as well? <laughs> yeah, he's flying as well. How many, yeah. how many's ahead at the moment, Johnny? I think we're how many ahead, Georgie? Of of, of David who? O'Sullivan. I think it might only be one, so there's not much chance of me holding on to it, I don't think. I think, I think you're screwed there. We're, we're joined yeah. here as well by Shane Keegan. Shane, a uh, fellow you've admired yourself? Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Um, watching him for the, for, for the last two seasons, he's, uh, he's, the, he's the total package. I mean, you, you get fellas that are only goal scorers or you get fellas that are very good in the build-up play but maybe don't get you the goals that you want. Um, he's t- very, very much taken both boxes and... Uh, a no-brainer for uh, for for Stephen Kenny to go after a player of that quality to to, to bolster that Dundalk squad further. That's for sure, yeah. But uh, how do you dislodge Patrick Hope and Georgia? How do you get into the team? I suppose is the big question. Um, at the moment, I don't think you do. You know, like Pat's on probably the form of his life. He's the, probably best player in the league, definitely best striker in the league. So for me, anyway, it's just kind of about learning, learning off Pat. Um, now for the next kind of whatever how long it is, and um, working hard and kind of chipping away and hopefully I can chip in and contribute a couple of goals, you know. But I don't think there's going to be much dislodge, dislodging of Pat at the moment anyway, so. Um, just looking at it then, when you had your press conference, Patrick McElhinney just happens to sign the same day and you must be nearly pinching yourself like this is the reality of it. Yeah, it was strange now to see a big name to be kind of coming along with Patrick. Just kind of shows the kind of scale of of the plans that Dundalk have. Um but yeah, Patrick's a great fella. I knew Patrick from from my time at Derry, so it was grand. Yeah, kind of eased, eased my way in, made it a bit easier, you know. Um, what what I suppose what excites you about the move is notwithstanding the fact that you're you know you could be potentially playing in Europe next week. Um, Europe's a big one, yeah. But just the just kind of getting in and getting playing full time and and the facilities and the setup they have, I'm just kind of looking forward to progressing, you know and. And um, I'm playing full time football. It's gonna be it's exciting, it's exciting times, yeah. Georgie, can you tell Shane here? Can you tell me? Um, I mean, what's what's been Collie's secret this year? He has, he has he or sorry, your your former side absolutely flying. They've, they've been fantastic all year long. Um, yeah. and yet he seems to go under the radar a little bit. He doesn't maybe doesn't get the plaudits he deserves at times. What 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 makes him so good, or what has he playing so well under him? Um, I definitely don't think he gets the plaudits he deserves. Um, the amount of players that kind of he's been influenced and brought through over the years has been has been huge. Um his secret, I don't know if there is anything if there's definitely any one thing. But he does it's not easy, as you probably know yourself, to control a team and to manage a team of young players. But Colley kinda gives everyone kind of that freedom and there's no kind of shouting or roaring from Colley. It's all really calm and I feel like he has a way with young players and he knows how to deal with them, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's certainly getting um, the best out of him, that's for sure. He gets the best out of young players, and he knows how to deal with players individually. Um, really good manager. Really, really impressed with how he Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Patrick Hoban. Uh, what's What's been the welcome, I suppose, you've gotten? You know, um, you know, there seemed to be a great, a great dressing room up there. Great dressing room, yeah. Seriously good good fellas. Um, a lot of country lads, yeah. Pat, Ronan Murray. Um, but yeah, everyone... You don't like the dogs? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few dubs in there as well, but now they're all listening, they're all great fellas. They've only been in a couple of days, but they, they all seem great, yeah. Yeah, um, was Stephen Kenny one of the reasons you signed? Um, he's obviously done so well himself at Dundalk. He was. Um, when I sat down with Stephen, Stephen was a huge part of the, the decision, yeah. Um, when I sat down, he kind of laid out 
how he can, how he works and his kind of his past on on developing players, bringing players in under the radar, and after a couple of years, how, how much they've developed under him. From the likes of Steve McLaughlin at Derry, there's there's loads loads of players that Steve has done that with, and that was that was a huge part of the, the whole the whole play, thing for me. Yeah, Steve's brilliant. Just the quality of the football they're playing as well, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, you can do you can do nothing but learn, kind of playing even training them there for a couple of days. Serious, yeah. Um, before you go as well, you got a bit of a hockey in by um, Longford on Longford, yeah. Friday night, and uh, we have uh, Sam Verdon who scored in that game here. How do you think Longford will go for the rest of the season? Um, if they can keep that form up, they'll be they'll be hard to stop. I think anyone any one of them teams now. Uh, obviously, I would hope you see can push on, but it's so tight, and two like, two losses in a row, and next thing you can find yourself down fifth or sixth. So if they can pit if Longford or if you see can pit couple of wins together now, <coughs> it would be huge. Um, yeah. But yeah, listen, they were flying and I wish them the best luck with some of the best luck this season. And just lastly, can you see some other UCD players um, sort of progressing onto Premier Division level in the next season or two? Um, I definitely can, yeah. There's probably five or six there that have come down to their degrees now within the next year or two and there's loads of ability as you can see if, if anyone's come to see us. So yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll be seeing a lot of them yeah, in the Premier Division soon enough. Georgie, thanks a million for your time and uh, best of luck at Dundalk. No problem at all. Cheers, I appreciate it. Top man. And lads, we were, we're going to actually review the Premier Division r- results here. Normally we do this a lot a- earlier in the show. Um, we'll, go, we'll start from back to front actually. So I go two, Watford three, bit of a bit of a mad game at the showgrounds, which there hasn't been much of this season. There hasn't been a hell of a lot of goals there. Shamrock Rovers two, Derry nil. Um, Alan Cawley on on Soccer Republic, he absolutely slated Derry. He was one of the one of the greatest lambasins I've seen on the show. Um, Limerick two, my lock of the week, Bray one. It was great tipping Bray to beat Limerick on the basis that Limerick were in the shit, and then on the Friday, <laughs> I discover Bray are actually in an even worse place. And we'll get to them in a moment as well. I'm actually getting angry even talking about this now. And, and it does actually annoy me that this, this thing is going on in the league. Bowes won, Pats nil. Played on a barren enough looking daily mount pitch, I thought. Um, very yellow looking anyway. And Dundalk 2, Cork 1. Let's start with that, lads. I don't know if you saw the game. Um, I, I, I actually haven't fully seen. I saw the first half or so and Dundalk were the better team. But Cork had the chance to win the game. What did you make for Shane? No, I didn't see enough yeah. of RG Johnny, to be honest with you. Um, look, it was, you know, you were looking at... Uh, you were looking at two absolutely massive, massive games at either end of either ends of the table there. Um, and look, it's it's far from done and dusted. That's for sure. Still very, very tight up there, up at the top. But it is a huge win. Like it's a, it's an absolutely huge win. So it is. And given that Cork have had a, a little bit of a stranglehold over Dundalk in in those uh, recent head to heads, it'll give them huge, huge confidence now as well. And then you add the new players into it, and really all the momentum seems to be with them. But you'd be a fool to write off a John Caulfield side, wouldn't you, at the moment? Just John Caulfield. Now I was quite interested. In this he came out after the double sign and Dundalk made and more or less said we can compete with Dundalk and I'm like what's he actually getting at here because maybe they can't like they can't compete Dundalk paid 40 or 50 grand for McElhinney 55 whatever it's, it's buttons it's absolute buttons at that level I keep making this point Cork seven, Cork of 7,000 at a game in theory they're making 70, 80 grand off the gate there alone they should have plenty of money um, they have their European money coming in what's he getting at there I know your Caulfield's a bit of a character, obviously, but what? what ah, yeah, well, we all do it. I mean, we all, you know, we all play mind games to a certain extent, and you're you're trying to big up the opposition and play down your own chances. It's 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 natural. It's like me having a a major gripe with this whole crack of Galway been full time and everyone else been part time. I was listening to all year. Mm. Everybody tries to find an angle to put more pressure on on the other team and take the pressure off themselves, and that's that's all that John is at there. I mean. Is there is there any truth in that Dundalk have more spending power than Cork? In fairness, they probably do appear to marginally have have a bit more spending power than them at the moment. But I wouldn't think that 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 gap is absolutely huge in terms of spending power. But the narrative is there at the moment that suits John to run with it. They're spending lots of money. Cork aren't spending lots of money. It's only have to sign Damien Delaney as well. Do you know. Yeah, yeah, very true too. I suppose. Look, they're definitely they're no paupers down there. That's for sure. They're no paupers down there. Um, but look, it's it's. You know, you you stay you say stuff purely as a as a as a kind of a, a mind game trick, really. So you do, and and I'd think John would probably be uh, the kind of manager who certainly likes to to create the us against the world um, persona within his person. My my worry for him though is that he might slightly alienate the board a bit because he's kind of saying like you're not really helping me enough here. 
Yeah, it's it's a fine line to walk. I mean, what you say in public and what you say to your board are two very, very different things too. So he can mm. say that in public and then he can turn around and say to the board, listen, I, you know, I was just throwing it out there to throw a bit of extra pressure on them kind of thing. Um, so there's two, you know, there's two very different pictures being painted. And you you are, you're, you are always doing that. You Well, you're painting three different pictures really as, as a manager when you open your mouth. Um, there's three audiences. There's there's your players, there's uh, your supporters and the wider League of Ireland public, and there's your board. And every word that comes out of your mouth could be perceived in different ways by each of those three. And it's it's very much a balancing act. Um, who are you trying to? Who you, who's the message for? And then how are the people that the message isn't for going to take it mm. at the same time? Like you said, so he might be talking to to the League of Ireland public there, but he does have to be conscious as how is his own dressing room going to take that? How are the board going to take that? But he's such a shrewd operator, I, I wouldn't think he ever puts a word out of line without having thought it through, you know? <laughs> yeah, what have you made of the Dundalk-Cork uh, rivalry, Sam? And just, I suppose, it's brought so much to the league the last few seasons. Yeah, I think it's it's only a positive thing for the league, really. Um, I think there was a couple of years there where Dundalk were kind of running away with it and the, the league thought it was sewn up before it even started. But in fairness to Cork, they won it obviously last year. They've won two cups in a row and... Um, it's it's been great, and I suppose it's probably pushed Dundalk even further, and um, made them obviously feel the need to go out and spend money on players. So it's it's great for the league. Um, obviously these two teams are doing well in Europe every year, so they have that extra bit of cash to to go and spend other compared to the to the rest of the league. But yeah, I suppose it's it's great for the League of Ireland. It's it's great that these games are on TV and it's plenty um, of needle as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we seen that last year. I I think there was a couple of couple of incidents, incidents um, between the two. Um, I suppose that's probably just for show. Um, but like I said, it's great for the league. It's great. It's great for me as a neutral, you as a neutral, to be able to watch to watch these great games. Two great sides, um, two different styles of play, but equally, equally good. And on any given day, they could beat each other, which which is what we've seen in the last couple couple of years. And um, but I just think. Dundalk for me are the best team in, in Ireland. I think last year they they probably took their foot off the pedal a bit, but this year obviously five wins in a row there, and this year I think they're only going to get better. Obviously, Georgie Kelly, Patrick McElhenney, on top of what they already have is I just I just can't see see them being stopped. And in fairness, they've got probably now eighteen, nineteen top top class players. Squad depth is oh, it's ridiculous, and especially yeah. now it's really important with. We Europe coming up, yeah, and and that can be really, yeah. That, I mean, really, they have a real shot at the chain with the with the, the. I'm not. I don't want to preempt that they're going to beat Lavadia, but like they're definitely capable of getting through two rounds already. The way they've been drawn, whereas you look at the other League of Ireland sides, and you're like to do very well to win one tie. Yeah, well, I suppose I, what I was actually going to say was just when you, you hear Sam and everything Sam says there about that that rivalry is excellent, but you, you've got to start to fear a little bit that we're starting to turn into a La Liga style situation um, I mean you look at the gap between the two down to third at the moment and more importantly you look at, at the financial clout of those two sides you look at the squad depth of those two sides and it's it's really 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 hard to see how anybody is going to get close to reeling those two Why sides not Rovers? over the next while say if um, Rovers signed Dylan Watts which is possible may, may even have happened by the time you actually listen to this Rovers on their day, they've beaten Cork 3-0 this season at home. Um, on their day, I don't see why. And they, they should, you know, Bradley's even called them the biggest club in Ireland, whether you agree with that or not. Um, I don't see why they shouldn't be, they should be so far off Cork. Do you think they'd have the same financial clout as those two sides at the moment? They wouldn't be a million miles off Cork, I would have thought, without as much European money. And I, They're going to get 350 grand for one player, like for one thing. Yeah, it's a big help, all right, so it is. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're into a perpetual cycle where, again, Dundalk and Cork are going to make more money out of Europe again than they than Rovers are or any other side are. Like, do Rovers have a good side, a good squad? They do, absolutely. But is it's not it's not even close, I don't think, to the to the strength of the other two. I mean, it was... Really? You know, I, I think so. I mean, it, talking... Pound for pound now, Rovers and Cork, I don't see much difference in them. You're probably looking purely at the first, first 11, 11, surely there. Like, I, I, you know, I was chatting to, to Ronan Murray last week and he's, like, he said the 11 v 11 games in training at Dundalk are just of an unbelievable standard. Unbelievable standard. And I know you'd be, you'd have a bit of an eye on the GAs in the same way I'd, but you always heard, you always heard John Kilkenny's peak of these AVB yeah. matches under, under Cody. And, um, like, that's, 
pretty much what's going on at Dundalk at the moment. Like Murray was, was saying, you know, the, the B side is regularly able to beat the A side in the in the Dundalk games on a on a Wednesday or on a Thursday, um, heading into a game. I mean, that's a, a ridiculous situation. Um, where most of us, I'm sure, Sam, you were probably in the same boat that if Longford are doing an A V B match, it's your first team against your 19s. Is is what is what most of us are looking at in an A V A V versus B match. But these lads are looking at two unbelievable quality players I mean you look at, at, at Dan Cleary I mean how, how unlucky is Dan Cleary to have missed out on, on, on a starting 11 Stephen place Fallen on, not in the squad. on Friday night Stevie not able to make the, the, the match day squad haven't been outstanding for us last year it's, it's and I'll tell you it's it's a serious mark of the job that Stephen is doing that you hear so little whinging or moaning or griping coming out of there that was my big um, kind of query about the dog this season how do they keep lads happy like they're not happy yeah do you know what I mean they're not happy you, you can't possibly be happy if you're not a starter you can't possibly be happy if, if you're not make, making a match day 18 but if if the manager is communicating it with you in the right manner or I don't look I don't know I don't know what kind of magic Stephen is 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 able to use to to keep the camp so happy I think or, they're just good lads as well in the squad it's like it's a no huge bad part. eggs like yeah that's that's um, a huge part of it I mean his recruitment has been near enough I think he faultless. goes for, yeah he he's, he's goes for character very much as well as Sam I, I don't know if you were ever possibly going to join Bray Wanderers but what if what do you make of what's gone on in the last week this is literally exactly pretty much what happened last season. Um, now, I, I'm not, we're not going to spend the show ranting and raving about the FAI licensing process, but if I, if I have a job, or if I'm looking at the Limerick lads, and I'm like, I, I'm gonna, I've lived in Dublin since I moved to college, right? Oh, I'm going to move to Limerick now, and then I'm told six months later, actually, no, you, you pretty much have to get out of here, or Bray. I, I find it despicable that players' livelihoods are just basically a trivial irrelevance that, like, it's grand, we got our license, and then you can send some rubbish out on Twitter about celebrating the license, and then six months later, all your players are up for sale. I, I think this is despicable. What's it like as a player for you and your peers to have to deal with what's going on? Well, obviously, I'm not in that situation, but mm. the one thing I would say is it's, it's embarrassing. It really is. It. We've had two clubs in a week now, in effect. Yeah, and in a 10 team league, which like, is supposed to be really difficult. That. It's difficult to get publicity for the League of Ireland, and over the way here, I heard on the radio, Bray can't pay their players. But yeah, we're trying to build this league up um, and the only thing we ever really hear about is negative stories. I think this is definitely two years in a row, anyway, maybe three years in a row with this happened with Bray. Um, it's it's just embarrassing and I feel for all the lads there. They've obviously been given guarantees when they've signed that, yeah, no problem, you'll be paid. And it's messing with people's livelihoods. It's like people have kids, people have houses, mortgages, like... And it's it's just it's like you said it's despicable it's it's embarrassing looking from the outside but I'm sure once you're in in there I'd say it's ten times worse and yeah it's it's really really bad like I said we're trying to build this league up and it just gets it's it's kind of one step far two steps two steps back all the time and Shane realistically you'd have to say one or both of these teams should not have gotten a license this season in which case Galway United are in the Premier Division you're in a job. <laughs> that's 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 actually not fancy. But I, I, I'm talking about us in the off season. There was always this potential. God, I'm hearing Bray isn't great. Jesus, Limerick isn't sounding great either. And there's always this chance they won't get a license. Going night interior back up. Yeah, at least we've been running the club uh, prudently. Well, that's now that's the angle I was going to come from. Is leaving my situation over it. What I would say is, you know, I had I had board members sit down with me last year and tell me that. Because of the financial situation of the club, they felt they had absolutely no option but to accept the bid for Lee Grace. All right, that had certain repercussions for us in in terms of of the rest of the season and all of that. But at the same time, we we arguably played better over the second half season. My point is, they made they didn't want to sell Lee Grace. I sure as hell didn't want them to sell Lee Grace, but they did the responsible thing to make sure that there wasn't going to be any financial problems over the second half of the season. Here you've got a club who's just, I don't think, doing the correct financial thing or making the responsible decision enters their mind, really, when it comes to recruiting players, when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to any of that kind of stuff. And it's just, whatever, for me as the manager of a club who's been relegated and they're staying in, the people who are running other football clubs and doing it in the correct way and making decisions based on the reality of their situations. Like, think of, I'm sure there had to have been clubs sat down with Gary McCabe sat down with Aaron Green, various different fellas to try and sign them and lost out because Bray offered them more money this year. Like imagine how those clubs feel. They're offering them money that, that doesn't exist and, and they're getting them on board and 
you know, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not right for, for those clubs that are doing their business correctly and are trying to make decisions based on realistic finances that some clubs are making ridiculous decisions and yet don't seem to get overly heavily punished over, do they really? No, and, and I think what Sam was alluding to there, if you're a player, you're a product of this product where you really do want to sell it because you're so intrinsically involved and you go out there and play well for Longford, you come off the pitch, you beat UC 5-1, probably a very good game to watch in the second tier. Meanwhile, in Limerick, Limerick are playing Bray. There's nobody at the game. The two clubs are falling apart. Yeah, it's... I just don't understand how up to last week Bray are still signing players. So how come last week they have money to be signing new players and then this week they're saying, actually, Lachis is going to all go. I really, it's it, it, it's mind-boggling. I just don't understand it. But the sad thing is, it's probably not a surprise to anyone here. No, it's not a no. surprise. We're not nobody's surprised anymore. It's just, it's kind of, we're just waiting for it to happen. Just and wait. That, that's the, that's the sad thing Absolutely. about it. Is nobody's surprised and. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's just waiting to happen. A couple of a couple of tweets here, obviously the Bray ones. Um, well, that's the most disturbing thing, yeah. really. You see the Sean, Sean Heaney's Heaney tweet is any chance of telling the players it's absolute shambles? Like that's, yeah, that's in response to Bray tweet in response to Bray Wanderers. It's disgraceful, like absolutely disgraceful. How surely the players deserve the respect to go and tell them first instead of putting out on. Not Twitter, only like, that, like the respect they can't even tell no. them. Here, notwithstanding the fact that they've treated them so shamefully by giving them contracts in the first place, they couldn't honour. Mm. Go elsewhere. Like if if Ray want to get relegated this season and play a bunch of nineteens every week, that's fine. At least do things prudently. Yeah. Don't don't mess with people's livelihoods. Like you know, I, I just I just think it's scandalous to just go on. And Jerry Mulvey has an awful lot to answer for here because he got into this shit last year and they've got into it again. And and, and the FAI obviously deserve to be you know definitely looked at. But ultimately, he's the guy giving these lads contracts with Ray. And I, I just I just think it's absolutely shameful. Yeah, well, I mean, again, <laughs> putting my cards on the table, <laughs> the fellow that's tweeting there, Sean, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, met, I met Sean at the start of this season. I met Sean in the off-season this season. I, I, I really, really fancied him. I went to watch, tra- travelled across to Dublin for the PFAI game. Um, he was outstanding in the PFAI game. I was looking to sign a, a centre-back at the time. We had a chat. I drove back over to Dublin again for a second meeting, sat down, met him, met him had a coffee, had a chat and the whole lot was coming along fairly well. Um, we were getting fairly reasonably close to, to, to doing a deal possibly and then break him in. And you, you told me that at the time yeah. and I sort of laughed yeah. in the sense that I laughed that I sort of said like, ah, come on, Sean, like, you know, you have to think, but he was, he's moving to a Premier Division club. Yeah, you yeah. can see he's from Dublin. Why wouldn't he move to Bray? You can't blame him either. No, like, absolutely. If he's been given these guarantees that, yeah, your wage will be fine, you can't blame him on to play at the, at the yeah. highest level, which is what he is doing. And it used to be but a proud club, Bray, an old county Wicklow exactly, club. Exactly, I was just going to say that. It's, it's a great club. I remember going back 10 years, 15 years, Pat Devlin was the manager. It's a great club. Mm. Always had good players. Remember Jason Bourne playing there, all them type of players. Always a great club. But I just don't understand how they're giving lads X amount a week. Um, when they're getting really not much in, let's be honest, the gates aren't fabulous they're there. Deplorable. They're They're kind of banking on away support, really. And um, but yeah, like I said, it's it's no surprise. What what has happened this season that was different? That was unexpected. Mm. What what crazy thing has happened that has meant you're going on word of mouth though, Shane? Because there's no way that the the books can add up here. How how can you? We're going to be able to pay these lads contracts for the rest of the season based on what? I don't know. Look, you have to submit all these different pieces of information. I'm sure the FAI will tell you that they got everything that they required. I'm sure they wouldn't have given out a license unless they felt that everything was in place. But, but you've you played twice here. You've Limerick and you've Athlone last season. Yeah, look, I mean the, the, the same. The damage it's doing because I, I saw, I've so much belief in this league when you've when you've things done right. And and as as Sam says, one step forward, ten steps back with this nonsense twice in a week. Yeah, and and again, not to harp on, but because. Because my experience is, is, is with Galway, like I sat in on that meeting in Abbottstown with our board members and it was a fairly stringent process. It was a very stringent process and the FAI asked some hard questions of the figures that our lads were putting forward and, and our lads had really, really done their homework and had almost based everything on a worst, worst case, case scenario. scenario, yes, which is, I suppose, what the FAI are asking you to do. Um, and there was a lot of tough questions asked and you just... You see the hoops that have to you have to jump through to, to, to get your license, and then you're wondering how it's hard to relate that it's hard to see it's hard to vision 
that meeting taking place between the representatives of Bray and the FAI and mm. how that conversation went having been part of I the conversation for, I was from my experience I was a racing journalist got into the League of Ireland journalism again through this podcast I've gotten to know the players reasonably well I can't say enough for them as a general mass of people um, their professionalism even when the recession hit a few years ago they were still professional as best they could the money basically fell asunder overnight they were still professional they produced performances in Europe they entertained people and they were treated like pigs there the last week and I think it's yeah, so, look, at so the, wrong at the end of the day the only people suffering are the good loyal supporters of Bray the volunteers and the players and their families yeah you know. and it's, 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 it's terrible to, to mess with people's livelihood like that Um. In happier news, there are games this weekend. Um, we'll start with the Premier Division, even though we're obviously very first division centric this week. I, I think this is a, a fascinating round of games for a few reasons. I'm going to be at Pats and Dundalk myself, and um, Pats have brought in a couple of very interesting signings Connor Clifford and Brendan Clark, uh, both local lads, really going, obviously, in Connor's case, uh, going to Pats and then Brendan going back to Pats. But we'll start with. Uh, Cork Shamrock Rovers. We we actually get predictions off the lads as well because they've no vested interest. Dan and I were three all, I think, last week. Um, in the predictions, so I'm still copper fast, and we will talk to Dan before the show is out as well. Um, Cork against Shamrock Rovers. We'll start with you, Shane. Yeah, Cork. Um, yeah, big I dilemma here for John Caulfield, right? Go on. Who does he play centre back? Go on. Give me the options. Does he play two left-footed players in McLaughlin and Delaney? Does he play two pensioners in Delaney and... Uh, Jeez, that's a bit harsh. And uh, <laughs> Delaney and Benno are, uh, in fairness to two of them, they're, they're both in their mid to late 30s. Now, I'm, Delaney's going to be brilliant and Benno's still a great lad. But it's you, you got to wonder, can you play two lads, 36, 37 centre-back? But is one of them's <laughs> right-footed. Is this, a ca- do, is, this, is this a case of... The abuse I give them about their style of play isn't getting any biting <laughs> off anybody down the Corks, so and no, I'm going to abuse them over their age profiles. I was going to the game next week, and then I forgot I'd booked tickets to a Pearl Jam concert in Barcelona. <laughs> and then the Ryanair strike happened, and I was thinking, this might get me out of this, because the Ryanair lads aren't flying on Thursday, but I think it's from Dublin, not to Dublin. What would you do? Who would you play? Because Cork have... Dunleavy's coming back. We have to welcome... um, It's great that he played a game without ending up in an ambulance as well, (laughs) as he tell you himself. He came back against Portsmouth during the week. He probably isn't ready to start yet. They also have um, McCarthy. So they've they've lots of centre-backs there. Who would you play? Look, uh, to be honest with you, when you're in your own bubble, you probably don't know quite as much about the other division as you possibly should. Uh, earlier in the season, I, I thought McLaughlin and, and Conor McCarthy looked absolutely super for two young fellas um, at the back. They really, really were. They were, they were flying and uh, they looked a super partnership to me. He seems to have chopped and changed a bit. I suppose he has so many options. He is going to chop and change. Um, which two are going to be there Friday night? You'll definitely have, have a better guess at that than I will. Yeah. How important is it to have two centre-backs that aren't of the same foot? Yeah, it does give a better balance. Um, it definitely does give a better balance. But then I suppose it depends on on what you've been working on in, in, in training that week. I suppose the big difference, put very bluntly or very simply, simplistically, I suppose, is if the opposition are playing with one up front and it's very clear that one of the two centre-backs is going to be able to produce more on the ball than the other, i.e. if they're both right-footed, the guy on the right is going to be better on the ball than the guy on the left. Well, then when you don't have the ball, you will station your lone centre-forward on that guy and allow the other fella to have a little bit more time in the ball whereas obviously if they're both comfortable on the ball and both able to come out with it now there's nothing to say that a right footer can't come out with the ball from, from that side of the field look I know I would imagine it was one of the reasons that appealed to Dundalk about Stephen Follin was if you look back at them last year we set up the, the night we beat them um, in our place we set up very very much to 100% have our centre forward standing in front of their right sided centre half so that he couldn't come out with the ball let the left-sided centre-half come out with it a bit more because he's coming out on his, right, on his wrong foot. He's going to uh, be a bit more limited. Seems a long time ago now. It seems a long time ago now, <laughs> right, that's for sure. Um, it, 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 it worked a treat. And that's, I would say, there are umpteen managers doing that, where obviously then, if you've got that balance better, it's it's near impossible to do that. And I'd say that's why Dundalk probably came in for Stephen Fallen at the time, actually, is because it gave him an option as a left-footed centre-half. You know. Prediction in this one, Sam? I think probably Cork, yeah, after... Their defeat last week, I think they'll bounce back and, um, um, yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll get the victory because they don't want to Dundalk probably against Pats away. I'm not sure. So yeah, um, Cork they they won't they won't want to be far on five points behind. Uh, I'm gonna go for a draw here. I think Rovers have a bit about them at the moment. You like Rovers, don't you? Um, <laughs> I 
think they're a very good side. I think Brandon Kavanagh is going to be a star. Um, yeah, actually, we played against him. We played against him in the A Sports Cup, and he was actually our best player in the pitch. He's like he was a, really good. kid. I've yeah, never seen a player's really, left really foot good. in the League of Ireland. Literally, the yeah. ball is glued to his left foot. He, um, was, I, he was the one now stood out for me that night. And he, he was slight young, slight fella, skinny, yeah. but really good on the ball. Um, yeah, so I go for a draw. De- Derry against Limerick. <laughs> I have to say, Shane, I don't know what you've had experience with Kenny Shields, but he should be under pressure. Should be. I know he's made a few more signings there. I'm worried about Derry going into Europe. Are they going to get absolutely annihilated like last year again? They, by all accounts, were atrocious Friday night. Yeah, look, I'd say. Inspired by by Alan Cawley's words, I'd be backing him to, to to bounce back at the same time against that that Limerick side that obviously has gone through troubles of its own. Mm-hmm. Look, it's it's not the easiest job in the world, the Derry one. It's really yeah. really not. Um, my own is there exp- a culture up there, like a culture of getting away with stuff, or what is it? Look, I I have found Kenny very very good to deal with. I suppose they have a situation up there in terms of of how much money they're able to spend on players. I think there's a perception out there maybe that they have more money to play with than they actually do, in fairness to him. Because, you know, I would have spoken to him around the, the time that Lee Grace moved to Shamrock Rovers. Um, they would have been interested in him as well. But, I mean, they couldn't get anywhere close to what Rovers were able to get to financially in terms of, of, of the package and all that kind of stuff. Um, so my I, issue I, isn't with who they've signed though. It's my issue is with how much they've gotten out of the players they have, which I think is nowhere near enough. Yeah, it's probably... Ta- it, look, it has taken a step back for him this year because I suppose my argument is that he's maybe pain, suffering a little bit from over... I think he overachieved last year. I don't think... there's no, Where did he finish last year? Third, fourth. fourth? I don't I don't think he has the fourth biggest budget in the division. I don't. I think he's yeah, overachieved. I think they were fourth. Third or fourth. I think they were fourth. Yeah, I, I think he overachieved last year and is probably slightly underachieving maybe a little bit at the moment, all right. But um, no, look, if I'm honest, I don't, I don't... I think he's doing a good job. He's going through a blip. I don't think he should be under any pressure at the moment, personally, myself. Sam? I think he's brought in a couple of players in the last couple of weeks as well, so I think that... He always that's, finds them out of somewhere. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. Um, I think McAniff in the middle for them, I think personally, I think he's the best player in the league. I think he's and really, he's about really... to leave, seemingly. Well, hopefully not, but mm. um, yeah, he's really, really... You have an eye for a baller, Sam. Oh, he's, yeah. he's the, last year I played against him and, jeez, I couldn't get near him. He's the only player that kind of ever felt miles off, like, and he was really, really good. He has everything, he can pass, shoot, run, he's got everything. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised now if, if, they, if their results didn't turn... Um, they, like I said, they've a good squad. Parson up front as well will always get you goals. So, but they've a really good young team. I think two or three years, I think we'll see the best of Derry oh. if they if they can keep the squad mm. together. That, in fairness to Kenny Shields, that is a problem. They do lose players. Home win for you? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for a home win. Um, now your own, your former club, Pats at home to Dundalk. Interesting game this one. Yeah, I think what they've lost five or six in a row now, Pats, but. Has to turn from sometime. They've they've a good squad. Um, Dundalk obviously in the form they've been in, you can't really see them losing the game. But um, Liam and the lads, I'm sure will will look the same style of play as usual. Um, and there's only one one way with Liam, and that's to try and win the game. So I'm sure they'll be trying to win. But like I said, Dundalk, you can't really see them losing. They got a nil all against them earlier in the season at home, and uh, showed that their defensive solidity was kind of coming. But um. That's half gone in recent weeks. They've lost. I, I think Toner has been suspended and this and that. Maybe just haven't really had the the legs. They brought in Connor Clifford and Brendan Clark. Um, Shane, which both signings would kind of make obvious sense, really. Yeah, they certainly would. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Connor took a little bit of time to get going down at Limerick, which was natural enough, obviously, until he he regained full full fitness. But um, anybody I was speaking to, I, I actually saw them play a couple of times myself um, over the last while because they were playing on a on a Saturday. They were only less than an hour down the road from me, so I'd spin down and watch them on a, on a Saturday if, if there was no other game on. Um, and I, spot, I saw them midweek once or twice as well. And yeah, he was the, he was their best player. He was he was their standout player. They have a couple of very good young kids as well, actually. In fairness to them, Limerick, but he was uh, he was their standout player, and he'll he'll be a real addition to Pat. Sorry, but uh, that said, Dundalk will win the game as far as I'd be concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with a I'm away win there. Watford against Bowes. Start with you, Shane. Yeah, again, Watford, you know, a great result for Bowes last weekend, but given that Watford are at home, and again, fantastic result for Watford last weekend, I think they'll, I think they'll put back-to-back wins there, yeah. Yeah, I wonder where Dylan Watts will be by the time this game takes place. It's going to be a huge loss, although I think Bowes could be making one or two signings themselves. Um, have you seen Dylan Watts, Sam? I've only seen him on the TV. I haven't seen him live now, but he looks looks very good. 
Um, I think I played against him a couple of years ago when he was at UCD, one of their 19th games maybe. But yeah, he, he looks really, really good. Um, Who's the best player you've ever played against or with? That's a tough one. Played with some good ones. Um, Forrester, um, the arrows at Pats, he didn't, although he didn't play much, Mark Quigley was really, really good. Um, McElhenney, obviously, playing against him when he was at Dundalk. Um, and then, like I said, McEnef. Those four, probably. Um, it's it's mad with McElhenney, because he's, he's actually a massive signing for Dundalk, but because yeah. he's kind of coming back and he's like coming from a League 2 team, it's not much is made of it. Best player on the pitch against Rosenberg last year at home. Yeah, I, I remember a goal last year he scored against scored against Pats up in um, open Oriel. I think he ran half the pitch and then yeah. dinked the keeper yeah, with the outside of his foot. I was just like, wow, yeah. there's just no stopping that. Like when when he's in f- full flow, he's powerful. Just really, really excellent player. Home win for Watford for you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that as well. I think Watford are going to finish season strongly. They're bringing in a few players, and um, our beloved Bray Wanderers at home to Sligo in the last. Um, are we all away win on this? Yeah. Yep, yeah. definitely. And that's about it, really. We have we Dan on the line. We have actually Dan on the line. Dan, how are you? Johnny, how are you keeping? Good. good to hear your voice. Yeah, um, it's good to hear from you as well. We're going to get predictions off you. We're three all last week. Cork against Rovers. Let's kick off with this one. Uh, have you given your predictions yet? Yeah, two of the lads. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't want to go for five on five at the same as you here. Um, Could happen, actually. Uh, no, I don't think it will happen. Cork. All right, okay. Cork against Rovers. Yeah, Rovers coming into a bit of form. Um, that's, I, that's the one I thought would be the toughest to call this week, but I am going to go for Cork still to, to get a home win and bounce back. Derry City against Limerick? Yeah, pretty good fixture for Derry. Um they used this fixture, I think, the last time to build a bit of momentum going. They've been so bad, though. Mm. Um, but they need the break probably as much as anyone and get some fresh faces in. I'm going to go for a home win. Did you go for a home win? I did. I'm going to go for a home Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought um, you gone off that. Pat's against Dundalk? Pat's Dundalk. You can't really go against Dundalk at the moment. I mean, I got to see a good bit of court game last week. They're uh, they're signing everybody they possibly can, uh, you know. Pats are gonna. I think Pats will be better. And delighted to see Connor Clifford get the move there, and 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 Clark as well. But um, away win. Watford Bowes. Watford Bowes. Mm. Well, if, if Watts is gone from Bowes now, that's going to be a bit of a blow. Um, and Watford will have the new players available. I'll go home win in that one. And finally, Bray against Sligo. Bray are going to actually play Bray 11 Seagulls Sligo. on the team. Yeah, yeah. The Seagulls following the trawler. Yeah, I yeah. mean... Bit of a... Uh, Eric Cantona analogy I mean, there. really, like... Uh, Beyond a joke. Um, it's good good to see a more sombre Twitter message from Bray anyway, given they were ripping the piss out of other teams not that long ago. And you sort of thought Asher was all a bit of fun, really, wasn't it, at the time? But it never really is. Like they're they're you know, the whole Bray thing is like this dreadful, dreadful prank that like continues to to linger in the background of our existence. And uh you don't want to wish ill on anyone, but that club needs to go down. And it's for the sake of everyone that club needs to go down and maybe regroup and, and, and come back as something else or someone else. So um yeah, I I, I mean the players have been screwed around I know like there's you know you say well why do you sign for a club when everyone's telling you that that club's had problems and so you complain three weeks later you should have told me this I guess you'd like to think that the, the but, but players have to always try and believe that what they're seeing is, is genuine and, and that it's the real thing and yeah. so I do have sympathy for them as much as you know the warning signs for Brave being there and of course accountability is a real question and you know, you can talk to people at the top of the league about licenses, uh, or we don't do the licenses, of course. Um, you know, so 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 where is the accountability for this sort of repeated embarrassment? But anyway, long-winded. I'm going to go for an away win because I think it's, you, you think Braille rally and regroup, but I'm sure the players are. You can only so many times ask the players to do that. I feel when you've been beaten down. Um, and and Sligo are playing better away from home anyway, so uh, away win. What, what did you go for there? Uh, oh yeah, wait, it was a universal away win there. Um, we had a good good old chat about Bray, and we're we're now going to let you go and move on to the first division and uh, wrap up and let me go to Bellusound. 
Okay, John. I mean, you just you just want to be off the phone there quickly, to John. If I just basically a pawn, a pawn to your punting, uh, your punting preferences, like no. How are you getting on? How are things? Just get off the line. We're, we're, that's it's not fine. like I haven't been WhatsApping you nearly every day anyway, in fairness. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay, no, it's fine. That was it's Dan. Fine, oh, come on, Dan. All the best. We're going to get to the See first ya. vision. See ya. Yeah, all the best. Um, and in fairness, bloody big games again. We're going to start with... Uh, we won't get predictions, actually, because the lads are kind of... Um, we don't do first vision predictions, but we'll go through the fixtures. Cabo, Wexford, Draha the Harps, Galway, Athlone... UCD shells, Longford Cove. This so this is a repeat of the game you and I were at, Shane. And uh, haven't seen Cove recently. Not a bad side. You wouldn't be writing them off, getting um, giving you a bit of trouble here, Sam. No, well, first game of the season we were two up and they came back two two and we beat them down there one 0 and then a couple of days later they beat us down there one 0 in the cups or two 0 sorry in the cups. So yeah, no, we know what they're like. Um, they're a good side. I think in the last couple of weeks they've hit a bit of form. I think they beat Finn Harps up in Finn Park as well. So. They're definitely capable of turning us over for an honour game. Very quickly, who wins the first division? Longford. And Shane, who wins the first division? UCD. UCD still. And here's one for you. How will the first division team from the playoffs get on? Because um, this now looks like they'll probably be playing someone that isn't Bray. Yeah, look at the moment, obviously it looks like they're going to be playing Limerick. Sligo Bowes could be sucked back into that at the moment. Um I've made the point all year that the standard difference is massive, but now if you're looking at Bray and Limerick going into it, well, who knows? Yeah, absolutely not. Look, there, there's no doubt, as you said, Cabin Healy aren't, certainly aren't technically out of it yet, but you'd be looking from, from Galway up, there's not one of those six sides would be looking at Limerick with any fear, that's for sure, certainly wouldn't. Um, now, whether Limerick can kind of last chance saloon and throw everything at it just let's produce for two big games, and as I said, they have got some players, particularly some of the younger boys are, are decent players. Um... If I was forced to call, I, I I do think. Look, we don't know who we're even talking about playing in it, but um, I would fancy a first division team maybe to to win a playoff this year of all years, all right, yeah. And you're hoping to manage again in the future. Um, yeah, I don't know to be honest with you. I'm probably weighing it all up a little bit. It's uh, you didn't read Living on the Volcano, did you? No, no. Ka- uh, Mike Calvin was it? I think it was Mike Calvin. I'm reading Are a it? book about the Third Reich at the moment. Oh, mother of God. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave you at that one. Um, no, living living under volcanoes, absolutely fantastic book. It's about uh, he spends uh, each chapter. He spends the chapter with a different Premier League manager or a different Eng- sorry, different English league manager. Um, a real warts and all kind of crack. So it is, and uh, I think in that I don't know whether it was one of the managers or whether it was Calvin himself. Somebody describes football management as um, being on a par with cocaine addiction, <laughs> and uh, at this moment in time, it definitely feels that way because seen a bit of both at the World Cup. Yeah, well, well, you're you're looking at it and you're going. It's it's probably not. It's certainly not healthy for your bank balance. It's probably not healthy for your mental health. It's probably not healthy for your work life balance. And yet you want it. You know, you do. You want it. Um, at least you get a buzz out of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Look, we'll we'll see what comes um, over the next while. I definitely want to stay involved in football. I like the business side of football. That could be an option. I like underage development side of football. That could be an option. I definitely, definitely want to stay um, involved in football. Feel I've learnt an awful lot in making a hams at the Galway job. That I <laughs> <laughs> that will keep me well equipped to do uh, much, much better if I do go back at it again. So from that side, you'd want another crack at it. Um, but there are a lot of things to weigh up around it, so there are, you know, it's not as uh, straightforward as you'd think from the outside sometimes. Thanks very much for coming up from Galway, to, from coming up from where, you know? County Leash, right County Downey. Leash. Um, and uh, Sam, hopefully we might see you in the Premier Division next season. Um, you must be buzzing off the, the remaining games because you're just on a high now. Yeah, I think all of us probably are. We've all been in good form really the last kind of maybe six weeks, so we're really looking forward to it and hopefully we can win the league. Happy days. Thanks for coming on, lads. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week for the big start of the European campaigns for the Irish clubs. Thanks very much for listening.